Hey, this is Mohani Love from Let's Talk About It. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Let me pronounce it. Ole. Olet. Olet. Sure. Right. I, I had Olet at first, but a lot of times those T's with those E's on the back of me. <laughs> I love to do this with all my okay. Don't tell me your name. Let me. <laughs> <laughs> and when I really can't pronounce it, I go to YouTube and type it in and say, pronounce that word for me. <laughs> Good. That's perfect. Well done. Very resourceful. Thank you. Well, thank you for interviewing with me, the Mahani Love Podcast. Let's talk about it. And um, I would like my audience to know that Peggy is a psychiatric nurse practitioner and is the founder of Functional Family Psychiatry, in which families need who are functional. Does that make sense? <laughs> you know what I mean like when you see psychiatry it's like you you know you think about family problems or this going on and that's why the family needs it but I believe that a totally functional family where everything's great also needs it great it, and it's interesting, I, so I was doing traditional psychiatry where, you know, working with kiddos and so you, you know, bring your kids to see me because they, you know, couldn't focus in school and we would pre- prescribe medications. And I realized that just treating the kiddo wasn't per se getting to the root cause of what else was going on in the family. So that's a big piece of my why and what I'm doing now in terms of not just medicating the symptom, if you will. So wow. it's it's a whole different perspective. It's interesting. And, and you know, um, just before the interview, I had a family member saying to me how their daughter, someone called, someone and say, you know, my daughter, she has a really mean dad. Oh, she just shrugs her shoulders and he's really mean and he is really mean. But I was on the phone and I'm listening and I'm like, yeah, but you know, this, that, and the other. Where it goes to show you that this child that's young, that's experiencing the, it's just a mean, cold person that can affect them later on. These are things that you don't sneeze at or ignore or say they'll get over. If you're not going to get rid of the mean person. <laughs> right. See, and right. In all these relationships, you know, oh, I love him so much because you love your child. See, I love my kids more. I, listen, audience, 
please don't I don't I don't care how I look I believe kids don't want us to come here and I believe the children are the future as the song said definitely <laughs> wow so tell yeah, me you know, oh tell me well I was gonna I was just gonna say like you know people are treating adults with all of these conditions right all these autoimmune conditions and whether it's you know diabetes or you know lupus or crohn's disease and all of these things and these are just people off the top of my head that i'm very intimately connected with you know and so what i've learned from people that are treating adults is that those people aren't truly healing until they heal those childhood wounds that those connections that they didn't have as a child so when a kiddo isn't being seen and heard you're you're messing up your body your body's ability to truly get to a place of healing and so we have to really make sure that our kids are connecting and that they're feeling seen and heard in a way to prevent these conditions so our body like knows how to heal itself right and so as parents we're creating the environment for our child's mind and body and we are like sort of i'm I'm imagining this you know this big hug you know of our love and our connection and that's really how we make our kids truly resilient yeah. Not like, you know, kids are resilient. We, we, we hear this and, and there have been lots of studies and lots of, lots of information about, you know, what makes someone who has all of these you know, odds against them truly become resilient. And a lot of times what that comes down to is an adult in their life that they were connect, that saw them, that literally saw them in a different way. And yeah. that like builds resilience, right? And as parents, we have that ability to make a connection and really help our kids be seen and heard and really be able to truly be ready for the world to be, to take it on. Wow, and I have three boys and they've always been, I have twin and an older son and they've all been seen and heard. I have never, you know, I used to always laugh about this. Um, I was speaking to my oldest son when he was like 13. He said, let me see if I can find something. I never found anything. I was like, do you do anything wrong? <laughs> Listen, confess to me. Do you do anything like he was like, no. So um, I do know, I, I'm also an author and I wrote a book titled, It's All About Love. And I, I do leave with love, with a lot of things. But it's, it's when disappointment, and, and this is not even about kids. It's not about my kids because anything I have to talk to them about, I was just, they, the, the twins are in college. I was just talking to one of them like, uh, you have to do that paper over. What are you doing? You know, it costs my, you know, we're not going to, I don't want to act like everything's beautiful. Do you get that? Oh. Yes, you have to to get your form across at times. You know, nothing in life is smooth sailing. Right. That's right. So I try to teach them that, you know, and I have to come over here. Teach them how to respond to stress. Yes. You know, I want them to know that you step on somebody's toe and their reaction may not be ouch. 
Do you understand that? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. That's now, right. Parenting isn't easy. And today, I think it's even challenging. I'll never use the word hard. And the reason why I think is outside forces involved. They get girlfriends. They have friends. You know, um, but when you, what, what made you want to work with you know, families and things like that? So, you know, I'm going to go back a little bit. I grew up in a big family and I, I just, naturally, like I was the oldest daughter, you know, I was the oldest daughter. So I was the caretaker. I helped put dinner on the table and, you know, change diapers and, you know, those kinds of things. And, and it wasn't until I was teaching later, teaching nurses that I didn't realize, like, not everybody loves working with kids, <laughs> you know, it sounds silly, but it's like it was this aha moment for me here i am as a teacher and i'm like what like not everyone enjoys that so it's just it was just who i who i be who i be since childhood so working with kids was always part of my plan in terms of having my career path so to speak you know and um and so for myself personally i i do have an, an adult son and um we had you know we had a falling out a few years ago and you know i i thought i i thought i had everything it took to be a mom like when i found out i was i was gonna have a baby i'm like i can i can do this like i know what to do you know and so i i was actually more of an unconscious parent and you know i thought i was doing everything right you know we had you know we had family dinner you know we he ate vegetables you know he was healthy he was smart he was the sweetest boy ever yet we had conflict and um early in my career i learned that behaviors have meaning and what i what i have now since reflected on is i wasn't really paying attention to my own son's behaviors and so when we're having issues and we're having meltdowns in a way, you know, where our needs aren't being met, you know, we're frustrated, we're anxious, you know, a lot of that is our own needs that are not being met. And so as parents, we have an opportunity with our kids to a, like, ha you know, unfortunately, like we have all of this unconscious parenting and all these generations of parents before us and we're oftentimes parenting the way that we know to parent mm -hmm. and so and, and that's what I mean about unconscious parenting we're just kind of showing up and we're doing our thing yet we're not per se paying attention to what our kids actually need as opposed to what we think they need and so I was that parent so it wasn't until we had a falling out and we had, you know, had a, a, a problem where he, you know, I was, he walked out of my life essentially where it really took some time for me to reflect and say, like reflect on my own life and say, what, what am I doing? What am I missing? You know, as a parent. Um, and so all along I was studying functional medicine and I'm like, okay, I'm, I love functional medicine for kids because I'm going to do all this testing. I'm going to find out what's going on with their gut and figure out instead of prescribing meds and figuring out when somebody has anxiety or depression, what's causing the anxiety and depression instead of just prescribing pills. So I kind of was already on that path. 
but it wasn't until I had, you know, a strained relationship with my son that it, it really sort of forced me to stop and and reflect on my own life and what was I missing, you know? And so that's when I started doing my own deep work and going into, we can't just treat the kids anymore. Because I did. If my son had anxiety, he had depression, he had ADHD, and he had tra- challenges in school. But I was missing the boat in terms of figuring out what he needed and really like responding in a way. It was really, in a way, all about me. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't see it at the time, you know. And so, really, if if parents aren't doing the work, if parents aren't healing their own stuff. Oh. How are we going to expect our kids to really thrive in the world? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm thinking of one of my kiddos that I treated for many years, and he had a diagnosis of schizophrenia. At what age did you first, For him, so I saw three boys in his family, and he was the oldest, and he was about 18, 17 or 18 when I started seeing him. And he had younger brothers that I was treating for other things as well. But I had been studying like the effects of nutritional deficiencies and they're well studied, you know, like kids with schizophrenia or people with schizophrenia within wheat, like a wheat related disorder. And so when you change your diet, a lot of people literally no longer have those kinds of symptoms. And it was like, wow, it's blown away. And this kid was awesome and he was having some gut issues and um he's like like what do i need to do and so i'm like giving him like a list and he he was motivated he's like i i want to feel better you know Mm -hmm. and so but he he didn't do his own grocery shopping he didn't he didn't really know how to prepare his own foods because i mean even though he was older you know but he just it wasn't part of his role in the family he just was didn't come naturally to him well they didn't did anyone teach him no right Right. So, so again, it comes back to how are, so I'm thinking like with all of my, my littles that I'm taking care of, you know, I I can, I have all these families in my head and like this other little girl and she's, she's like, I'm talking to her about her moods and her periods and how she was having difficulty. And, you know, this mom has like, you know, the the refrigerator is full of soda, you know, and like (laughs) sugar beverages. And I'm like, that like there's serious you know sugar being consumed in the family and we know it like helps it it has a major effect on estrogen and breaking down the hormones in the body and but she she's not doing her own shopping okay you know so she can't she can only make the changes to a certain degree if mom isn't putting the right nutrients on the table the kid's only going to get so far you know yes we can teach the kids and i learned this early on like you know parents you know we can change a child's response to the environment you know with that mean dad you're talking about like we can help the girl figure out how to reframe it how to have her own skills when dad's being mean teach her some things to say oh, sure right. right and that's only going to take things so far right and so unless dad's working on why is dad mean to begin with what what, are his, right. what are his core messages right, right. right. what's that all about Right. Until that happens, how is that kid going to really feel safe in the world? That's right. And, and, right. and also, how is she going? How are her relationships with men? Right. Uh, as she right. Well. You know, my, when, I, when I go back to the food, 
right? When my boys, all three of my boys were little, they didn't eat food till two years old, my twins. They actually were allergic to every milk there was. So we yes. had Gatorade and water, newborn babies. Nobody would never believed that with vitamins. They, right now to this day, we can, we gave up meat for a couple of years. Food's not important. I'm not going to say it's not important, but that's not our go-to all day. Like, oh, I have a taste for, you know, and right. we, when they were little, we were going to the store and people were looking at me like, they didn't grab potato chips. They danced for water. And I'm like, yes, because right. so it goes to show you that a lot of our kids, as they grow, any issues they have starts from home. It starts from the parents. Makes sense. Yes. But but now look, parents. How how is it when you talk to the parents? Is it like pulling teeth? Yes. So <laughs> and that's the thing is people don't per se want to hear it. Mm-hmm. You know. You know. I have a friend that's like, my daughter is being mean to me, and can you tell her not to eat sugar? And I'm like, dude, like, dude. <laughs> you know, like she's not. She that like the child's not being mean to her. Mm-hmm. You know, the child is communicating that she's not, you know, it's not about her. It's not about mom. It's about what the kid needs at the moment. Listen, it's ways. You know? I had, and this is the truth. If I had a small child that really loved sugar, but you know, it was me who did it in the beginning. This is just an example. And I'm like, right. okay, you don't do that anymore. But you know, it's not fair that I, 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 addic- I gave you this sugar addiction. Right. I'm, I'm trying to tell you you're wrong now we're going to stop it I probably audience just don't pay no attention to this but I'm telling you I would take I would buy sugar and I would probably at the whole top of the sugar probably put salt on top really this is the truth and then say you know what you want sugar okay taste it first and then when she put it on her mouth she'll go mm. I'll go well that's what sugar tastes like now you want that in your food see I would find these other tactics to make them like oh and then later on yes she can look at me and say mommy was that tr- that wasn't true and I'll say yeah but I have to save your life so I'm yeah. that, that that lie that I told you had to go that way and I mean that's I don't listen you you're a psychiatrist so you know is that a bad tactic? <laughs> Is it really bad? It's, it, you know what? In a way, it's it, you know we have to do what we have to do. <laughs> but you're right. You you created it. You know you did create the monster and like you know. Yeah, and everybody want to run and say, oh, they have this, and it, it's so funny because I I always say to myself, were they born with it? No, it just developed, and that's the thing I say to myself. I don't comment anymore for that. I try not to because I'm like, it just developed. Take the mirror and hold it up. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I think, you know, you're right. Parents don't want to hear that. And so it does take, you know, unfortunately, you know, sometimes it's a life event. Sometimes it's our own illness, you know, or the death of a loved one or divorce, some kind of major event that happens in the family where sometimes that's when the parent is like, I'm ready. Like I, you know, it's this aha moment that happens and it's different for everyone where they can be like, I know that I have to do my own stuff before I can expect the same from my kid. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and the sooner we can capture that in parents, the sooner we can get the message out. Like it starts with us people. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's how we're going to heal our family. We have to start with us. Mm-hmm. And um, until, you know, we have to put that message out there. Because it's going to be too late. You know, people are, are going into nursing homes and the nursing homes are overcrowded and the Alzheimer's and the dementia. And that's the later in life. But disease doesn't start start overnight. No. It doesn't happen overnight. Yes. 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 So if we start with our kids. Yeah, they ignore the signs sometimes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so when our kids are having trouble, like those in a way can be our signs, our reflection of what's going on in the family. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't remember how many families, you know, the kid would be admitted to the psychiatric unit and, you know, and the parents would be like, yeah, we're, we're going through a divorce, but, you know, we're separating, but the kids don't know anything about it. Well, guess what? Kids know. <laughs> They know why they see it. Yes. Yes. Isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes. And you know what? I remember, um, remember, you're supposed to be seen but not heard. Yes. So now, those kids who are being seen but not heard, their ears are huge. Every time they're listening to everything going on, and you're like, you forget. Why? Because they're not heard, so they're not They're invisible. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, yeah. a lot of people don't realize that you know when you have little kids, they need certain environments. Um, everybody don't want that sacrifice. They want to have the babies, but they don't want to change. We have to change. Yeah. You think so? Like at least for how many years you think? <laughs> Well, you know, it depends on how, how somebody wants to work, you know, it depends. And so I've met people that do say, you know, some of this stuff can happen pretty quickly by being a more conscious parent and really doing things in a certain way. Um, so, you know, there are different, a lot of different avenues, but for a lot of people, if your kids are young and you're you know, you're like, okay, I want to, I want to be that parent that shows up for my kids. You know, you start with small changes. You know, one of the favorite functional medicine docs that I follow is Tom O'Brien. And he says an hour a week, an hour a week is all you need. And you make one change a week, you know, like get rid of all the plastic in your cupboards, you know, one week, or you like change out, you know, your your soap or your you know cleaning supplies in the home you know you you just do those things one thing at a time and you start to create a different environment for your family it doesn't have to take forever it doesn't have to take all of your time what's interesting to me um so you're basically saying that food is so many different things that aid to certain behaviors or why children are the way they are and it goes beyond physical a lot of times it's really what we're putting in and it's really it's what we're putting in here and in here yeah so much sense and you know people you know before medicine i think doctors gave people prescriptions that were diets like eat uh brussels sprouts six days a week for (laughs) you know i'm just you know yeah Yes. So it, that, that's exactly how it was. And, and you know what? 
I believe the reason why medicine, I have a friend who, um, she was one of the women who would sell the medicine. You know how you go to the doctor, see the lady walking with the uh, case full of medicine? Yes, yes. Say that. You know, she was in her one of her classes. She asked, well, why don't you just give, some doctors give prescription, give diets. Some people give prescriptions. And they said, they found out that when the doctors are giving people diets for today, they won't follow that because the pill is faster. And it's faster. That's right. That's exactly right. So that's, you, bingo, you nailed it. And so the other thing that I found is it's hard. You know, when you've eaten a certain way and you have your, your regular meals that you put out on the table, it's like, how do you change that? How do you think of something new to make? Or I hear all the time, my kids will never eat that. Or my kids are picky eater. My kids are picky eater, but guess what? The kid's eating what you put in front of them, you know? And, and you, have to, you have to ride the wave a little bit. You know, you've got to be like, okay, this is how we're going to do it. And there are certain strategies, don't get me wrong, but families need like a step-by-step thing and step-by-step support so when I started go getting you know I'll say all hot and heavy in this functional medicine thing I'm like I'm gonna do these tests and I'm gonna it's gonna be awesome I'm gonna heal so many people like crap I'm like how many mothers did I meet and this is like at conferences you know people speakers and all of these women I, I, I can just tell you story after story and this, these moms would be like when I changed, you know, my very picky eater, he would only eat white things, you know, or green things on Tuesdays, you know, or whatever, like he had to, you know, that kind of thing, like really like severe autism kind of thing and severe behaviors. When we changed the diet, yes, we added a couple of supplements, you know, my kid got, my kid is no longer has a diagnosis of autism. I'm like, I can't justify just doing the testing and telling people you gotta you gotta try your kiddo with no gluten or no dairy because you're gonna have such major profound differences because families really wanted a way they wanted they wanted to know how do I do it how do I do it you put your foot down and you don't ask them you tell them right but but not everybody's able to receive that going back to you know why don't doctors prescribe diets right you know there's a lot you do it they're like we would do right right but they need to be supported through that because what happens is our own stuff comes through and we have all of our own resistance you know like oh so my kid needs to go gluten-free but that i'm not you know i've had i've had parents that literally locked up their own treats in the in the cabinet because they were seeing that every time our kid ate junk food, he would have a regression of his behaviors. Wow. And so and parents would just, they would, they would hide their own treats because they didn't want to give it up. So our own resistance comes through, you know, so it's in family, being family focused and helping everyone kind of work through that. And like, you're better too. You just don't see it. <laughs> but why, why, you know what get me about people? So why don't they sit and go, <clears throat> Okay, so you know that moment when the child or yourself or your your elderly parent or grandparent or like stage three of anything, it doesn't have to be cancer, you know, it's stages of everything, even a cold. Right. Sure. And you're saying, you know, you were told, well, if, if you just get rid of sugar or if you don't eat pineapples anymore, you, this is the future, this wouldn't be here. Then you're there going, 
I should have, I should have listened. Then it's too late. But you could have took the chance to make the change. You have choice change. What is it? Choice. I made this up. In one of my book bags, you have to make the choice to take the chance to make the change. That's beautiful. And, yes. and that's why I just think it's with life, period. Nobody wants to make the choice to make the change. Nobody wants to take the chance of the choice. And it's like, but when it comes to your health, and I don't take pills for anything. I'm 50, I'll be 51. And yay, I always say that. I And I've told myself that since 18. I'm never going to take pills for nothing. I'm never going to take pills for nothing. I'm not, but I also eat different. You know, I have the all the 50 garlic uh, cloves chopped up with the honey <laughs> and the fish in the dark. So when you take yeah. it, it doesn't taste too great, but I taste it. Um, <laughs> I have the kids right I'm like, come here, boys. Just, and they're like, okay. But, you know, um, I don't know what it is in people that when they see the problem, you love your child. Your child is supposed to be the one to help you change. Like, you're supposed to look at that. Yeah. You made. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't, what is that part? Are you, are the adults consumed with their own life? Are we? Well, because because it, it's easy to identify. So the child is the identified patient. Okay. So as a mom, as a mom, you're like, I'm going to do what it takes to take, get my kid better. Cause that's what we do as, as moms. Right. We're like, I would do, I would lay my life on the ground, like flat out for my kid. Right. hundred yes. percent. Right. Yes. No questions asked. So it's like, that's why I say like, if your kid's having behaviors, <laughs> Like that in a way should be your sign. Like, dude, it's time, you know, like that's the reflection that there's something that needs to be seen. Your kid needs to be seen, but it's an opportunity. It's like the check engine light. You know, I started saying that like when, when the check engine light comes on our vehicle, what do we do? You know, like we have smart cars now. It will tell us exactly what we need to do. Oh, the air and your tire. Why do we do it? Why do we do it? We don't leave it on the side of the road and just get a cab. No, we, no. Need, we need that. We need, but you need your child too. See what I'm saying? It's, it's the yeah. wrong order. Yeah. That's it's, right. We're valuing the wrong things. Thanks. Yes. That's right. That's, That's right. But we look at our child as our own check engine light or the check engine light for our family. And we mm -hmm. say, oh gosh, you know, my kid's having trouble going to sleep at night, you know? There are so many things we can do in the household to help your child sleep better. You Could know, I, and if when I, I couldn't sleep, and if I showed you what I actually <laughs> I have a light that mounts stars back and forth across my city. I have about a hundred stars and I, I follow one and I trace it around with my eyes and, and listen, that's usually what they use for babies, right? I couldn't sleep, and I was like, before I put a pill in my mouth to put me to sleep, I'll use this for stars, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> wait, was that on yeah. one of the things? <laughs> yeah, can definitely. There's a lot, a lot of things. <laughs> I don't usually recommend that one, but I, I know about it. Yes, it could be anything, but there are a lot of things, and just looking at your own environment and looking at your own habits, and for me, tracking, tracking tracking it tracking sleep really made a big difference for me 
And so they have all of these cool wearable devices and, you know, there's, you know, I have an aura ring that goes, you know, literally tracks my activity and my, like you know. Ring. I like that ring. Could you tell me about that ring? I know about it. How is it? Because I thought about getting one. It's a, it was, it was a game changer for me for my sleep. Really? So, um, yeah. And that was a big one. So it, it tracks your activity throughout the day and it actually, they just upgraded it. I haven't gotten a new one yet, but they checks your O2, your oxygen levels, like all kinds of stuff, your temperature, body temperature, your respirations. But one of the things that I learned about myself was oh, oh, snacking. Hold on a second. Alexa. Sure. Sure. That's Alexa. <laughs> but um yeah i didn't like some of the things that i was doing was like a normal thing i would do at night just have a snack before bed you know and and it turned out i would get like my reading my scores in the morning it would be like oh it looks like you ate a little too close to bedtime because you're blah 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 heart rate dropped in this particular time period so it it would like i'd be like oh crap i got i got caught again <laughs> you know so now and i i literally have eliminated my snacking at night it took a little bit of time because it was a habit and now i don't even crave snacking at night i just if i want if i want like a treat or something i just have it like right after dinner and then i'd stop eating for what were you snacking on i want to know <laughs> Salty, crunchy chips, chips, ah, okay. chips. <laughs> those are, those are my that was my favorite, you know, but like chips are, are almost never in the house anymore. Like I would get up in the middle of the night because my blood sugar, and this was back a, a while back, but I would get up and I would have, I would have like blood sugar drops. So I would get up and I would bring snacks to bed, <laughs> you know, and this was like an old habit, but. Yeah. So just as an example, tracking, tracking and really being more conscious and like things we're just not even paying attention to that we're doing that oh, it was a subtle change. And people might be like, I could never give up my snack. That's what we all do. Right. I could never, you know, I used to be the mom that like, don't talk to me until I've had my coffee. That was me. <laughs> and now I literally don't even drink coffee anymore. You know, you know? I don't need it. There's this tea, Moroccan mint. Oh. Tea. It's so good. <laughs> Moroccan mint. Tea. Nice. I came across nice. it in uh, Trader Joe's. I said, let me try this. Because I have like this tea collection. I have coffee. I used to be, you know, when I used to work for the Department of Education, the habit teaches everybody got their coffee in the morning coming. It just, yeah. it, it, you, you, you fall into the flow of that. And I don't really need it now. It's no big, like, take it or leave it. I, maybe once a month or once every two weeks, I'll say, well, let me get a coffee. But it's not the go-to. Right. On my list is, you know. But this is really your practice. So you have a lot. Do you have a lot of clients? I'm, like, ramping up. So I... I launched not too long ago. And so, yeah, so I have, um, you know, a group program, a group based program, and I have like modules that really like break everything down for parents. So I make it easy for them. 
So yeah. they literally start. So, cause one of the things I realized is if I, I don't think I finished this thought is like, I can test all the guts in the world and figure out what's causing your child's troubles. But if the parents don't have the ability or don't, like you said, like the pill is a lot faster and easier for a lot of people. If the parents don't know what to do, they get discouraged and they give up. And so that happened to me too many times in my old practice where you know, I'd be like, look, look at these studies. I would, I would like print off articles for families and like have them review it. I'm like, if you stop gluten or like I'm using gluten as an example, because it's very common, common with the brain in the, the problems with the brain. But, you know, and they would go out and I remember one family took two grocery carts full of gluten-free foods and like they came, they went home and brought everything home and they're like, oh, it tasted awful. Well, you, you, you can't, you know, <laughs> so you can't just like go from zero to a hundred and expect success. So instead my, so that's what part of what took me a while to kind of ramp up my new program is like, how do I make people be successful? You know, I can't just say, do this, do that. Like, let's do tests and, and do this without giving them the tools and the skills. So I, I first start with families doing an elimination diet and teaching them exactly how to get the right nutrients into our bodies. And we start there so that we can figure out what your body needs and what your body needs and what your body needs without me just having a prescription. Well, just stop this, you know, just so and that up. And an elimination diet is you let the person eliminate from there what they, what they like to eat. You let them eliminate it. Well, I start with giving them uh, a prescription, essentially. So we start with like protein and fruits and vegetables okay. for meals. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's where we start. And so when, when I say elimination, it ends up being a reverse elimination, meaning when they start adding things back in and that way they can tell how their body is feeling when they're yes. adding things back in, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. We start with the core and we see, and so, and it, and it could be, you know, people have low energy or poor sleep, but a lot of mood stuff, anxiety, depression, you know, irritability, constant, you know? And so families are coming to see me because A, they don't want their kids on meds or because they're like, you know, I've been on meds. My husband's been on meds off and on for years and we don't want to put our kids on meds. Mm -hmm. That's why they're coming to see me. And so they're like, yeah, I know I need to do my own stuff too. And I have my own health conditions. My husband's on blood pressure meds and he's, you know, 50 pounds overweight. And like, so they're like motivated to get everybody going on the same page. Nice. And that is more yeah. effective that way. Share your website with my audience so they can get in touch with sure, you. Sure, yes. So it's www.functionalfamilypsychiatry.com. And you, you also, um, she will also be on mahanilove.com website also with all her information, awesome. this interview, nice. contact her. Um, I, I love, what I love about you is you're so calm and laid back. <laughs> and you are, that's important when you're, you yeah. know, people, but I have a question. This is my last question before we finish. Sure, sure. What can I do about overthinking? <laughs> I got it. But I think mine is kind of like hereditary. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Part of that, it's a great question. And overthinking is a big one. It's like staying in our own heads, right? No, you know what mine is? I can tell you. If I, if I look out the window, it's like, oh my goodness. Like, 
You know, I don't want to picture myself falling out of it. It's, it's strange to if I'm cutting with a knife. It's like, oh, I'm a cut. My thing is, it's when I see an action, I'll overthink a negative onto it sometimes. Oh, okay. You've that's got some real creamy. Oh. If, if that's, that is probably, that, that probably goes deep generations for you. Really? It's like I, that. Like, yeah. If, if, if it's, it's like, okay, we know that it's a cord here. And all you got to do is step over it. So instead of me telling people, oh, step over the cord, which I can do, my mind will quickly say, somebody's going to trip over that cord. It's a different, it's not all the time. Right. But my overthinking is like different. I just had this talk with my sister. I was like, I have to stop overthinking. But I'm, I'm doing better with it. Um, one day I just thought about it and said, maybe I overthink because I have too much time on my hands. So I <laughs> grab a book. It's right? easy to make it. Right. But you the, being aware, being aware of it is first. Uh-huh. And you can and, and reframe it and say it out loud. Make your brain say it. Ah. So keep your brain has to hear it. Okay. So don't stop keeping it in your head. Okay. Feed your feed your your brain doesn't know until you like your brain doesn't know the difference between the truth. So if you're like, you know, somebody's gonna trip and fall. You can say people know how to, so think about, so you were in education, right? And so what do they tell little kids inside? They, instead of saying, don't run in school, you know, they say, use your inside feet. Use, or use your inside voice. Don't yeah, use your inside voice, right? Instead of saying, don't yell. So, so do the same thing with your own brain. So you can change the language instead of saying, stop yelling, because your brain hears yell. <laughs> Got you. you know. So is it similar yes. to me telling myself, I'll never take medicine. I'm never going to take medicine. That's I, right. I don't take medicine for anything. So but you're so you're so in you know in you know in love with that idea or or married to that idea, you're losing your opportunity for other things. I'm not saying it's wrong, <laughs> right or wrong. It's, no, it's, no, it's, it's, it's a healthy, it's a healthy belief, you know, like I'll never take it, you know. Right. And so but you say my body is so healthy it it knows what to do because our bodies know what to do so it's reframe re-shoot the word yes. words that's right How that's right the, the language that's right nice. change your language yes and you could use do journaling you know do 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 some journaling write things down you know Find your negative beliefs and and get 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 them out and, and be aware of them and start to, to reframe it and just pick some different words. My body is so healthy, it knows exactly how to heal itself. Got you. I Done. See. Right? And that's exactly right. what it does. My body right. when when I when I get when I get to the edge of the sidewalk, I look both ways before I cross the street. Right. Not not you know i'm gonna get hit by a car <laughs> no i don't think okay i'm not right, so I, I look both ways right you know do you have pets i have a yorkie yes okay so like think about it as animal training okay oh, you know wow. it's like you know like like sit stay you tell the animal what the desired behavior that you want to to see them have nice wow Right, so you you think of it that way, but you you can train your own brain to think differently and to have different responses. But the awareness is big. So oh, that's awesome. I was gonna say it. Oh, I would. 
Girl, I tell everybody. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to hide it. Look, and I can imagine how many audience. Yes, you guys overthink too. You just was afraid to mention yes. it. Yes. mention it. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I have, a, I have more women in my family than, than males. I think it's just something that's brought down to, it's, it's a habit. That's right. It's deep in those, those, the roots. those bones. That's right. Your roots. That's right. It's deep in there. And, and to change the generational curse, that they say, say. that's I, right. I call it a curse, that's but right. Start with us. That's I'm right. I'm going to start. Oh, well, this has been phenomenal. I hope my audience learn about overthinking and you can reach out to Peggy. <laughs> I, I was thinking about your last name again. It's all that's fine. Peggy's good. Peggy's good. Everybody calls me Peggy. Mama Peggy. Aunt Peggy. Peggy. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for this interview. Awesome. This has been great. I've learned so much. And guys, remember you can reach out and you see who she is. She she loves what she do and she's gentle. And you know, you explain the way you just explained to help, it, it was just comforting. It was loving. It was caring. Like you, you know, it came from your heart. It wasn't like, well, well, let me just get this out the way. And the next person, you know what I mean? Right. Yes. No. <laughs> well, thank no. you, Peggy, for joining me. Awesome. Anything you would like to tell the audience before we wrap up? Um, just take, take some time for yourself, mamas, you know, take some time for you and take, do some self care and start that because, you know, who we're being, our kids are seeing and they're being us, they're being us and they're, they're, they're doing what we are. And so if you don't start with you, you're, you know, it's not going to make a difference for your kids. So I like to say, do it for you. Do it for your kids, do it for your family, you know, but start with you, start there. And it, it's gonna make a huge difference. And your kids are gonna start showing up differently. If your kids are having behaviors, they're gonna, they're gonna start acting better when you're more present and you're taking care of yourself. It's, it makes a huge difference. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Have an awesome day. You too. Bye. <laughs>